Welcome to the High Vibe Podcast, a show created for women who want to elevate their health, mindset, and spirituality. I'm your host, Tori Nishino, corporate girl turned full-time online health and lifestyle entrepreneur. Join me every week for a high vibe conversation that will inspire you to live your best, healthiest, and most high vibe life. Are you ready? Let's go. Hello, my beautiful people. I am so excited for today's podcast episode. I got to sit down with my dear friend, Diana Sophia. And the reason why I had her on the coach, obviously she has a lot of qualifications, as you'll notice by the bio and the show notes and the intro, but I met her through shuffling. And every time I talk to her, we just have such like high vibe, elevated conversations. And we took a dance class um, a couple weeks ago, and we were having this conversation. She was actually opening up and telling me about her history with anxiety and depression and OCD and how she struggled with it like nearly her entire life. And it was debilitating, and she was in the hospital with all of this stuff, and how she was able to overcome it, and how she hasn't had an anxiety attack or depression or anything like that in years. And I was like, what? I didn't know any of this. And so I asked her to come on the show because I know that anxiety and depression is something that is a lot more common than we might realize and a lot more prevalent. I know 2020 has been an insane year for a lot of people and maybe things like anxiety or depression have come up to the surface or risen to the surface in your life because of all the hardships and challenges that 2020 brought to us. And I wanted to have her on because I personally have never identified myself as someone who has struggled with anxiety or depression. I mean, I've definitely had my dark times and dark moments, but that's something that I've never personally, I really gone through or identified with in, in a way where I was like, yes, I was depressed or yes, I was anxious or I had panic attacks or anything like that. And so I wanted to bring her on to just so you guys can hear her story from someone who has struggled with anxiety and depression pretty much most of her life, like her entire life, to the point where she was hospitalized, um, she was in and out of therapy, she was on medications, like all of the things, and it was really destroying her life. And we dive into her story and like she really just shares all of the things that contributed to it and how she was able to overcome it. And we, towards the end, middle half and end of the podcast, we really dive into some tangible tips and takeaways. And in the show notes, I linked below a lot of resources, books, thought leaders that will help you. Cause if you're struggling with this, like, you know, it's no joke. It is something that is very serious and it's very hard to overcome. And one of the first things that we talked about was not not labeling yourself as someone who is anxious or that, you know, I think sometimes when we get diagnosed something from a authority figure or a leader or a doctor, like they diagnose you with depression or they diagnose you with anxiety that you then take on that identity. And when you take on that identity, it's really hard to get rid of it. And so we kind of talk about how to separate yourself from your anxiety and separate yourself from your depression and really get to the root cause of the things that are causing it, which is your thoughts at the end of the day. And she, she talks about some tangible tips and things that you can do to really implement this. So let's get to the show. It's going to be an amazing one. Definitely come ready with your notebook. This is going to be an amazing conversation. You're going to want to listen all the way through till the end and let's jump to the show. 
Welcome everyone to the High Vibe Podcast. I am so excited for today's guest. I have Diana Sophia on, who is a holistic health coach and nutrition coach. She graduated from the Institute of Integrative Nutrition in New York. And as a health coach certified in NLP and hypnotherapy, Diana is passionate about helping people achieve their greatest and highest state of well-being from the inside out. She is the founder of thehealthschool.com and host of the Healthy and Happy Podcast. And her specialty is to transform people's mindsets about health and help them implement healthy eating and lifestyle habits that stick in the long term. And I'm so excited. Diana is a dear friend of mine. I met her through shuffling. And every time we get together, we always have like these really deep conversations. And it was just like a a couple of weeks ago where I was like, I need to have you on the podcast and we need to talk about this because I feel like people need to hear these conversations that we have because I gained so much insight from you. So I'm so excited to have you on and really just share our conversation around your story with you know anxiety and depression and how you got overcame and got to where you are today so if you do me a huge favor and just really introduce yourself share your story a little bit and we can just start yes. from there absolutely well first of all thank you so much i am also so excited to be here just like you say we have the most amazing conversations and i'm always like oh my god we should just like hit record in the, that those moments where it's just like it's just flowing right so yeah, I mean, thank you for the intro that tells a little of like what, you know, what my journey took me to. But the funny thing is the only reason I am a health coach right now and in general, like a coach, and I do what I do right now. And the reason, you know, I love helping people is because at some point in my life, um, a, long, a long time ago, like 13, over 13 years ago, I actually uh, was suffering from a really crippling depression and anxiety, and I had OCD and I had like phobias and all of these different things, you know, and what uh, at recovering from that was what led me to actually want to help more people, just like my therapist and all these angels that I had in my past, you know, had helped me to, to recover. So it's just like crazy because it's kind of like a full circle moment because I am where I am today because of the story that I'm about to tell. So just going a little just into, I'm just going to go right in into like the yes. story. You know, like in general, I feel like I had a very happy childhood. You know, uh, Peru and um, back in the 80s when I was born, it was a little of like, um, I don't know, it, it had like we had terrorism. So I know that there was that, you know, happening. Uh, so like there was like, I don't know, the news was not the best like all the time so I feel like little things in my life just like um made me I I could I could not like point out to like one big thing that happened in my life I feel like a lot of little things in my life like maybe my household was not like the best when I was growing up like in terms of my parents relationship and then like uh the like terrorism was really bad in Peru I mean I could hear bombs at night you know like and I remember it was like get like a stomachache of like because I was afraid and as a child I feel like I never was able to process all that information right so like it was like I, f- I felt growing up and I looking back I felt like growing up I was a very scared child like I was afraid of a lot of things uh, I was always nervous always like having these stomach aches because I was nervous so but nothing really happened like big you know that I could tell you oh this is the reason why I develop anxiety and all these things right until so like, it was like that you know like normal life I just, I, I guess as a, as a kid, I didn't know how to process stuff, you know? Like, I mean, like it happens to a lot of us, right? Like, because mm-hmm. we really are not taught how to process stuff. And then 
from zero to seven years old, you are literally like a sponge, you know, like you are pure consciousness, basically yeah. just receiving everything, you know, like your unconscious mind is receiving every, everything. So yeah, so that happens. And then like throughout all these year, all those years, you know, I, nothing major happened. And then at 11, I had the most stupid fight with my sister, you know, and then I had like the biggest like a scary thought you know in that moment I was like oh I should just be dead you know I should just kill myself and as wow. a 11 year old or 11 11 yeah wow. 11 and and at 11 that just seemed like an insanely scary thought to have you know so the funny thing is that it was just a thought but because I didn't know how to manage that thought that like became insane anxiety so that was the first time that I can tell you you know like that there was a before and after in my life. Like from that day forward, like I was not the same person because mm-hmm. I, I, I felt like my, my thoughts were so scary and I, I didn't know how to handle them and I just had them, whatever it is, you know? So it was really scary. And then of course, you know, I was also like ashamed of these thoughts, right? Yeah. Like, and, I, and I feel like this may happen to a lot of people. It's like you have these thoughts and say, like, why am I even like thinking about this? And also I think to pair that, like I came, so I, uh, I went to a very religious school, you know, and they tell you that freaking everything is a scene. <laughs> so I felt like the biggest sinner in the world as you can imagine because of my thoughts and whatever. So I feel like everything I have, you know, and I started developing first anxiety. And the anxiety, I didn't treat the anxiety because I was, you know, going to therapy and I was telling my parents like, yeah, I don't feel good, whatever, I'm afraid and all these things. But I was so ashamed of like those thoughts and all the thoughts that I had in my head that I could never drive myself to actually tell the full truth of everything that was happening to any therapy. So obviously nobody could help me, you know, because Mm -hmm. they never knew the whole thing, right? So I was in and out of therapy as soon as I became- what age, teenager? Yeah, from 11 until 24. Oh, wow. And out of therapy, like, I I remember at some point they tried to medicate me. I really didn't want to, like, be medicated, you know, so, and that was, like, at 21, 20 or something like that. Uh, As soon as, this this is actually typical, you know, like, as soon as I was going to therapy, as soon as I felt a little better, I went out of therapy because I, it it was just like, I don't need it anymore, right? You're like, I don't need it anymore. I'm good. (laughs) Exactly. It's like, peace out you know I'm just gonna stop doing this and also I mean obviously because you know like I was I never was never to be I was never able to be truthful to anybody I could really not get like deep help so I was always in and out but then what happened is that with the years passing and like I don't know the stress of like university like more stresses in life economical stresses like my parents starting to fight more and more and having a household that was like, there was a lot more conflict, you know, it started to create a lot more like stress in my life, you know? So what started as anxiety, like as not treated anxiety became uh, a lot more anxiety. And then it became OCD. I started having like thoughts that like thought attacks, you know, that I could not like stop. And then as everything developed and, not really giving it the attention it became this massive snowball that ended up being you know like anxiety like chronic anxiety I insomnia I could not sleep at night I was shaking at night like in my bed like crazy things crippling freaking anxiety and then the other thing that happened is because I was so identified with my thoughts and like this happens to all of us you know like we 
think that our thoughts are ours and that they reflect who we are and that they, you know, because we have them, they must be ours and they are a good measure of our worth, right? So mm -hmm. as you can imagine, if you have horrible thoughts, you know, you actually, I started equating, I have horrible thoughts, so I'm a horrible person. Because I'm a horrible person, I don't deserve happiness. Because I'm, you know, like, I know these things, I don't deserve happiness, I don't deserve love, I don't deserve anything. I am the biggest piece of shit of the world, you know? <laughs> Isn't it so crazy how, like, when I remember, like, until you detach yourself from your thoughts, you oh literally just think you're, like, the craziest person. We were talking really? about this. We were, like, sometimes when you look at your thoughts, you're, like, I'm I'm a basket case. <laughs> like, like, the things that are going on, but they're just thoughts, you know? Exactly. And, like, so many times we attach ourselves and our self-worth exactly. to the thoughts that we have when they're just a thought. Exactly. And as a child and throughout, like from 11 to 24, that was my life. You know, mm -hmm. I would attach to all my thoughts and I think, oh, I'm crazy. There was no way, you know, there's no way going back to like being a normal person. Like I literally thought I was absolutely freaking crazy and there was nothing there. Nobody could help me, <laughs> you know, seriously. Yeah. And I also think that that's why when I was like a little older, you know, into my 20s and whatever, I didn't, I was afraid of going to the therapist and them telling me, sorry, you're absolutely freaking crazy. There's nothing we can do with you. So like, I just couldn't, I just wouldn't go. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So I started self-medicating at some point. Like my dad had anxiety pills. I started like taking them behind his back so I could actually sleep. It was absolutely crazy. Like seriously, I think back of my time and I it's almost like it's a different life, right? Because I'm a, such a completely different person right now. Mm -hmm. But anyways, what happened then, it's like ups and downs, all these things. Then at 23 or 24, you know, my household was like, I have to say a little rough, you know, like my parents were having a lot more fights, whatever. And then what I was resorting to do is just avoiding everything. So every weekend I would go to the beach and I was just like, peace out, you know? And uh, one weekend I went to the beach, I came back and instead of like returning back on the Sunday, going back home and then going to work on Monday, I decided to just stay the night on uh, Sunday and go straight to my work. You know, and then my mom calls me like at 10 a.m., you know, like on a Monday telling me, oh, just FYI, I have moved out of the house with your sister. And I'm like, what? <laughs> just like out of nowhere, right? And I'm like, what happened? So she just explains to me like briefly what happened. And it's, it's kind of like weird because there was nothing like, it, I mean, it was major for sure. You know, like suddenly my, my household was broken sort of thing and mm -hmm. she was not coming back. And I, you know, like I kind of was with my dad, right? Like, and so anyways, it was major, but at the same time, it just like sent me through the worst crisis of my whole entire went life. on a negative spiral like downward negative, spiral like, after that oh my like God. that was like the lull the hate what do they call it the haystack yeah. on the top with the final straw it's, or whatever that exactly. like broke the camel's back there we go exactly that was it i hit rock bottom and i was like f this i cannot continue to live my life like this you know like it was definitely it was stressful you know i had to stay with my dad like my dad always was, was sad and like upset and all of the different things, you know, like my mom was like the same, was like, I was in the middle trying to like mediate things like it had happened before, you know, and it was just like such a stressful situation that it's just like I hit rock bottom and I was like, that was it. And then I don't know what I must have said at work, you know, that this like angel friend told me, Diana, you should visit my therapist. And I was like, okay, fine. You know, like I'll just give it a chance because I'm done with this thing, right? So I was in, I, was, I mean, it was like 
terrible crisis so like I went there and I feel like I remember like my first like I don't know session I was just crying right it's like well whatever but that was the first time you know that I literally was in such bad state that I actually said the whole thing you're totally honest yeah like, I was totally honest exactly isn't you it know? so crazy how when you hit like the rock bottom you just like totally surrender yeah you're just like so well this though. is like the worst it can get and I'm so done feeling like shit that like I'm just gonna be honest and do and do whatever you know yeah, so you exactly. go to this therapy session that like that is truly like the universe angel god like whatever you believe in like working for you you yeah. know and and then you go to this therapist you break down and you share everything exactly for the first time ever you just for finally the first talk time about ever and I mean I literally get chills because I still say to this day that that like you know like him and his attitude at that moment literally changed my life because that was a moment where I was like okay I'm gonna get healthy you know so he said like oh yeah I mean this is totally normal I have people like this all the time you have anxiety you know, you have OCD and because of that, you have developed depression. It's totally fine. We'll, we'll you know, like, we'll help you. I'll help <laughs> you, you made you feel normal. And I was like, wait, what? <laughs> you know, <laughs> what's happening here? So I literally felt like normal for the first time. And I don't know when, like a few, like a few weeks ago, I actually was like cleaning up my Yahoo old email. And I found these conversations, these emails back and forth with him. He was like the most amazing caring loving therapist ever compassionate understanding yeah so amazing so crazy like I think that's so crazy because a lot of times we have so much shame around around all of these things whether it's depression or anxiety or addiction or just your thoughts or whatever there's so much shame and you feel like you're crazy and you're alone right and you feel like oh my gosh I am psycho if anyone knew the truth about me I would not be loved I would not be worthy and then when you realize like for me when I started being honest about everything so many people came out and were just like I struggle with that too or like I'm going through the same thing and I'm like we're all just like basket cases running around and like we all want to be loved we all want to be seen and heard and accepted and honesty and being honest about it like it just releases that that power that it has over you like you completely surrender like you you no longer have the power of like the shame or the guilt you're just like this is who I am and I'm working through it and then you realize so many other people are going through the same stuff which is why I really wanted to bring you on and talk about this topic and talk about anxiety and depression and your story with it because I want people to know like they're not alone either they probably resonate yeah. with a lot of parts of your story you know so he, he told you you're normal this is like totally normal I go through this all the time did that finally give you hope or feel like oh wow like oh my I'm not god broken? yeah you know. I literally I'm like having chills just like thinking about it like you know really getting into a moment because I felt like for the first time I felt understood I felt like I was not alone. I think that's like a major thing in our lives. You know, I feel like when I was a kid, I was very like ashamed of a lot of things, you know, so I would hide. I was actually the typical kid that would never tell anything to her parents or anybody. I was always, always keeping everything to myself, Mm -hmm. you know, and because I was afraid of the reaction of other people or like then they stop loving me. Like if they found out, as you say, right? Like if they found out, they will stop loving me or whatever. So it was, a, like life-changing moment and I remember like when I was reading those emails back and forth you know like it was like okay that moment for me was like I was an A plus student at university you know I was like literally like so good which is insane to even think 
considering what I was going through inside, what was going through inside me. Mm -hmm. But anyways, I literally took that same like effort and commitment that I had for school, you know, into the therapy. And I said, like, I literally told him, it's like, this is the year where I am just freaking working my ass off to be healthy, to become healthy, to like get over these things for once and for all. So, I mean, whatever he would tell me to do, read a book, read this thing, like do that, do this, listen to this. I would do freaking everything. I took this therapy and that year, you know, like if it was life or death, seriously, because mm -hmm. I felt like, like it was. If I continue in the same track as before, you know, like, I mean, when you're having so much anxiety, it's like, and so much depression and everything, it's like, things cannot get better, you know, unless you actually do something about them. Mm -hmm. So then uh, he also like, I, I mean, I didn't love the fact that, you know, that I had to take like uh, um, pills and stuff, but he explained it so well. He told me, look, we're going to do like, we're going to go to the psychiatrist right? that is going to give you a pill that is going to help your amygdala, which is like the, the part of our brain that is like in charge of alerting you from like danger, right? Mm -hmm. Because why? You have been for so many years, you know, like so alert to danger around you and everything to the point that it's like overreacting. Your amygdala is overreacting to whatever. It's like you, something little happens and you're already in a freaking panic attack, right? Yeah. So we need to like calm that down. And then obviously, and he told me like straightforward, like pills alone are not going to work. We need to like rewire your brain to learn how to deal with this, you know? So that's what we did in therapy. And then he told me like, max like nine months of like pills i actually took pills only for six months and it was so like the, very specific pills the medication was very intentional and he told you it's meant to yes. be temporary exactly. and like and that the medication alone is not going to help you exactly i think that's yeah. very very important because especially yeah. like i feel like this society that we're in it we're so quick to just take pills and take medication and think it's going to solve our problems but if you don't yeah, get no. to like the root cause which is what your therapist wanted to do and do exactly. the work exactly. like you're you're just going to be on these medications and they're not really going to help you or serve their purpose so i love i love his approach to using western yeah. medicine and using medication but being very intentional and letting you know exactly what they're doing exactly what they're for and that they're not going to solve the problem alone you know exactly. i think that is amazing and i think that's a beautiful way to use western medicine to help you with the process obviously you probably could have gone through the process without medication but it might have exactly. been a little bit harder and taken a little bit longer Right. Exactly. So I think looking back, you know, like obviously, you know, like I was 23, 24, I cannot remember. And like, I didn't know of all these other things or therapies or things that I know right now, you know, that could help kind of mm -hmm. like with amygdala and whatever. Like there's also like there's a lot of different ways that you can do it right now. I feel like this is like the journey that like life took me through, you know, mm -hmm. and I am insanely and incredibly grateful because also as you say no he was like very clear with me and I think he knew that I also I didn't want to take pills <laughs> and that yeah. I had taken them before and I can get over them you know so I think he wanted to make sure that he knew like that I knew that it was temporary and it was temporary and I actually he told me like he made an, made an approach and he told me look the more you work on that therapy side on like really like uh, facing your fears, you know, and really managing your thoughts and doing these journaling exercises that I had to do and whatever. He was very practical. It's like every single time I would get out of that play of his like of the, our sessions, 
I had something that I needed to do, you know, either face something, write something, read something, something, you know, it was literally like school, (laughs) school for recovery or whatever. So he was, he always would tell me, if you work hard on this part of like really controlling your thoughts and like really understanding and journaling, then the pill, you know, is going to, you're going to need it for less time. You know, we're only doing it. So it's like faster to get you there because I wasn't in very bad shape, you know, like I was like, your know, whole like, life you were pretty much suffering from anxiety and depression so you had a lot of reversing to do exactly you <laughs> yeah know? So, so anyways it, you know that helped uh, and actually he calculated like nine months I actually got o- over the, the pills or got off the pills in six months actually mm-hmm. and got full recovered from never had a, a panic attack after that like in nine months you know which is insane he said like I have never had anybody to recover so fast of this but I tell you I was working my ass off but also I'm gonna say something that is like very important that is exactly what we were th- uh, talking about uh, that day you know is that another angel also was sent by a universe creator whatever you want to call it you know um when I started my my therapy you know so I started my therapy in, in March or something like that and then in April I went on a trip with my mom and I met this guy and this guy was like all into like spirituality and personal growth and all of these different books so it's, it's almost like that thing like when the when the student is ready the teacher appears you know like mm-hmm. so I had for some for some reason I had never really like get into like personal development and all the stuff until then you know and he told me about all these these different books like the power of now so he like I was so I was such a sponge that year and such a I was in such a mission to feel better and I had in a month had like done so much like clearing of like my shame of what I felt that I literally just told everything to this guy so like yeah this is what I'm doing this is what I'm going through whatever and he told me like okay awesome do you like reading I'm like yeah okay here's a list of books (laughs) you can buy you know and I was literally just like buying books and like reading them so like he told me about I don't know that the ones that I can remember are like the power of now the course in miracles Mm-hmm. and a bunch of other books that really had a big impression in me so I also think that the reason why I recover so fast is because I started reading a lot of like spiritual books and like books on mindfulness and how our thoughts you know we are not our thoughts right like we are the observer of our thoughts and like obviously in the beginning I was like so confused because I didn't understand that there's like these three things right like mind body soul and the mind's always like creating these thoughts and the body's always doing its thing. And then we can be, you know, like a third party observing all these things. So like he taught me how to meditate. Uh, he taught me like all the first foundation stuff, you know, of like spirituality. And then from there, I took it from there. And then like, I just read more books and more stuff. So I also think and attribute like my recovery to going into more of the spiritual side and understanding for example, life and death in a completely different way, right? I read uh, Many Lives, Many Masters. I don't know if you have read that book. I haven't read that book. Okay, it's like an incredibly real, like real life story about like uh, past lives and stuff, you know, like, but mm-hmm. it's like a very, that book made me understand life and death as I understand them now. You know, we come to this world to learn certain things. Every single thing that happens to us, you know, like big major challenges, bad things good things everything's here for a reason you know it's here for mm-hmm. our growth for our, our lessons evolution exactly for our lessons you know mm-hmm. and once we can we come and like are done with our lessons you know it's time to, for us to go and sometimes people come into our lives to give us lessons and people sometimes leave our lives you know like either 
fully physical out of this world or just live our life, you know, because we needed to learn something from that, right? So like that made me understand everything in a much more broader, more spiritual way. So like, I remember when I was like going through um, my anxiety, like the worst part of my anxiety and depression, I was like, why me? Like, why I have this like miserable like brain that is creating all of these issues for me? Why, why I'm living this life? Why like my parents are like this? Why my family is like that? Like, I was like, why, why? And I was absolutely in victim mode nonstop. Total but I feel like that, mode, right? But now you look back in full circle oh and now you have so much compassion and empathy and you're able to share your story on how you healed it. Like I could, and it's yeah. so crazy. Like, it's so crazy to me. I definitely want to stay on this topic too with like the anxiety and depression and like really give some tangible tips to people that might yes. be struggling with it because yes. um, I feel like it's very common. And I feel like in our society today, it's something that people just identify with. Like I, I am an anxious person. I am diagnosed with depression and they have this mentality that this is who I am. This is my life. And this is how it's always going to be. Especially if you get a diagnosis from a doctor, it just validates that statement. Like if a doctor tells you, you have depression, you're like, I have clinical depression. And then you just reinforce those thoughts and those ideas that continue the cycle. And so I want to talk about how to break that cycle. Like if there's people on here that are struggling with anxiety, struggling with depression, and they have actually identified themselves because for me personally, like I've had my own other like mental health issues. I wouldn't say I've ever had like panic attacks. I've never struggled with debilitating anxiety or debilitating depression, which is why I wanted to bring you on here to have someone who knows exactly what they're going through. So Mm -hmm. why do you think anxiety and depression are often paired together like a lot of people will say I have anxiety and depression like did you learn that in your healing journey why they're often paired together I mean I, I can tell you what I what I experienced I yeah. feel like I feel what happened to me is that I started with anxiety I mm-hmm. never treated it you know so it like destroyed my life and my brain and like everything that I knew you know and then I developed depression as a result of my life being so bad being you a know, mess that, exactly, yeah. being a mess and like also the fact that equation right like oh bad thoughts I'm a bad person so then I don't deserve to be loved I don't deserve any happiness I don't, you know what I mean all and you stuff. Had very so like, sad like, and depressive thoughts exactly. and it just like kind of like spiraled when people talk about having anxiety attacks did you have anxiety attacks or panic attacks yeah yeah no yeah. I I did have like uh, anxiety attacks I had no idea they were called panic attacks I actually end up like I was I end up at the hospital at some time some point yeah and, and I know like people a, yeah like your like, heart is like palpitating like I'm dying yeah 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 and exactly so how did you how and you haven't had one in how long since 24 since I recovered so, basically okay so, so yeah. how did you recover like how, like yeah. I know you went to therapy and stuff but like let's talk about like the deep work and tangible and like yeah. I guess for everyone it might their journey might look a little bit differently but I do, do think that there fun. yeah I do think that there might be some core principles that people can start exploring right yes yes absolutely and actually like I recently had so like um I will I I certified you know I am certified a uh, master practitioner of NLP you know so like I recently had the chance to and work for NLP that. for those of you that don't know what N- oh, NLP sorry, yeah. is I, I mean neuro, I know but neuro linguistic programming and it's basically okay. like a you know like a practices and strategies and tools 
to reprogram how your brain works, you know, so that you don't get in your own way so that you can let go of bad habits, bad patterns, and you can also like implement good habits, good patterns, good brain patterns, you know, in a much faster way. It's like a very like effective way of re rewiring the brain. I had no idea about these type of things back then because mm -hmm. possibly, you know, if I knew, I would have also resorted to like, do, like doing NLP with somebody because I know now how powerful it is. But anyways, the thing is that I have had that chance to like uh, work with a few people that, um, you know, like, I mean, that have gone to therapy and whatever and have had these type of issues, you know, and in me like refreshing my story i kind of refresh also like the things that really work with for me you know so i think one part that you're saying is like and i think that's like very important i feel like sometimes you know when some when um authority right like a doctor a teacher whatever it is tell us oh you are like that or would you have that we just take it mm -hmm. so i remember very clearly like it's like this is like number one thing i will say is that don't take the identity of whatever they're telling you you have. You know, like I remember clearly my psychologist told my therapist told me, once you're anxious, you're always gonna be anxious. And I was like, uh, no, I didn't. I, I was like, in that moment, I just didn't take it. I was like, no, I'm just gonna recover and I'm never gonna be anxious again. And I'm not gonna be an anxious person, right? Mm -hmm. So I feel like I now recognize that I also didn't take that identity. And I feel like the number one thing that I would recommend everybody is don't take the identity of like, I am an anxious person. I am depressed. I am like, whatever it is, right? What you put after I am, it's so powerful. important and it's yeah. powerful. Just like we were talking that day, you know, like mm -hmm. our words don't describe our world. They define it, you know? So if you are saying, I am anxious, I am like, you are defining yourself. You're saying that you're that and you're programming your whole body and your brain to look for evidence in the world that you are like that. And it's gonna give you more and more situations and more and more things to, to like, to, like, kind of, like support belief. and reinforce that belief. Exactly. Yes. So like, I think that's the number one thing I will say is like, number one, let go of that, that identity, you know? That's and huge. I feel like another way, like another way to see it is instead of me saying like, oh yeah, I'm, I'm anxious, I'm this and that, whatever. I have, I really had what, what was all about all that stuff that I, all that story is I had anxious thoughts mm -hmm. and I didn't know how to handle them. You know, that was it. I had anxious thoughts. I had like depressed thoughts. I had sad thoughts. I had a lot of different types of thoughts, you know, scary thoughts, whatever, you know, and I didn't know how to process them. I didn't know how to understand them. And I gave them meaning. The meaning mm -hmm. is, oh, I must be a, crazy person or this person or whatever you know what I mean so it's like that's another thing it's like that's a second thing I will say it's like the concept that has allowed me to get to this moment right now you know when I feel like I'm a very happy person actually a lot of people that are listening to this I'm gonna send this to every person I know and like you know like put it everywhere because so many of the people that know this Diana have no freaking idea that I used to be that other person right because I'm such a happy positive like you know it's I don't know. Seriously, I would have had no idea on. until we have these deep conversations. I literally would have had no idea. Exactly, you know, yeah. and and it's like, because I mean, I'm just like not identifying in that, like, I just like lost my- You don't even process. identify yourself as that person. It's like a different person that you exactly, were. Exactly, exactly, you know? So like, anyways, 
uh, just going back to like what I was saying, it's like the second thing is like that has allowed me to like get here is that that idea of like you are not your thoughts. That's it, mm -hmm. right? So I learned that through me like meditation and through um, just some spiritual books, which I can say right now. You know, like I think Joe Dispenza with the, the breaking the habit of being yourself. I love is a Joe Dispenza. Really good one. Yeah. Joe Dispenza everything. Is Joe Dispenza amazing. everything. Seriously, <laughs> Joe Dispenza everything. Even his um, show on Amazon Prime on Gaia TV uh, called Rewired. Oh yeah, Rewired. Oh, Rewired. Oh, it's so good. It's it, I highly recommend that for everyone because oh, he God, really yes. like he takes spirituality and science and puts them together. Yeah, you know, and I yes, love yes, that. Yes, and he yes. and he explains it in such a simple way that any normal person can understand it. You know, um, and yeah. I, I definitely recommend that because he talks about like your your thoughts and how like exactly. some like people become addicted to the, those types of patterns and like that type of behavior and all this stuff. And he talks about physically yes. how like when you have stress or anxiety, like how it physically that's why you have panic attacks. Exactly. It's because your your body is programmed to have panic attacks. Like you you basically program it with your mind. It's insane. Okay, so I love that. So process realizing you're not your thoughts so step one is not identifying yourself with what yeah. authorities might tell you that you're clinically depressed or you have anxiety like because yeah. if you label yourself that and you identify yourself that then there there's no hope to change right like you're just yeah. like this is who i am so taking the power back and realizing that you can choose to be whoever you want to be right exactly second is realizing that you are not your thoughts you're the thinker of your thoughts and processing the, the anxious and depressed us. So how, like, I know you have some books. I want to get all the books that have ever helped you. I will link them in the show notes, but is there any yeah. type of like questions or journal prompts or things that you did on a daily basis to help you process your thoughts? Yeah. I mean, the one thing that I was doing back then when I was in therapy, which actually is like very cognitive therapy style, you know, like the first thing that when somebody's a really good cognitive behavioral therapist, you know, and that's actually something very important is that my therapist was not like just a random, like, oh, therapist that does whatever type of therapy or that talk therapy. He was a cognitive behavioral therapist, you mm -hmm. know, and the thing that that type of uh, therapy does is that it teaches you, you know, that the reason you're feeling in a certain way is because you're thinking something. So, and you have like automatic negative thoughts all the time, right? So the one journaling exercise that he made me do that really like started separating all these things and making them real in my head is that he would make me make a column of how I'm feeling. You know what I mean? Then uh, in the middle, then on the left side, I would put like, what were the thoughts that created that emotion? Because your thoughts you know? create your feelings. Exactly. And then yeah. in the third column, he would put, he would tell me, okay, now use your rational thinking to like, uh, argue with that thought it's like is that real is that yeah. I mean, is that true you know like what other evidence do you have in the world that that is not true you know what I mean or like is it like contrasting you? thoughts like to, to basically reprogramming your 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 thinking um yeah. have you ever listened to the life coach school podcast I love I love, I love her. <laughs> yeah oh my god I love her yeah. podcast the life coach school yeah. I'll link that too because she talks about like the model Right. Yeah, Where it's exactly. like your thoughts create your feelings, your feelings yeah. create your circumstances, like, or like, you know what I mean? Your, your actions and your actions create your circumstances. So exactly. the, the way to change your circumstances is to change your thoughts. 
right? Because then exactly. that's going to put you in a momentum. So I, it sounds like this is kind of like a version of that model that the therapist was putting you on was like first absolutely. becoming aware of your thoughts and your feelings. Exactly. Right? Absolutely. Yeah. And also like, I feel like that, that, I mean, exercise itself, yes, it starts to like also practically, you know, you start living from the place that I am not my thoughts also. Like I can see my thoughts, you know, like, and sometimes they're auto automatic and involuntary. Involuntary. We have like, I don't know, something like 60,000 thoughts a That's day a or day. something like that. It's insane. Yeah, exactly. And like most of them are re repetitive and negative. So it's like our brain is wired to like, to have poop thoughts sorry you know but that's real yeah. the reality so you have to be intentional about you know what you like actually continue to think about right you can have a bad thought it's fine you know like it's, it happens to we everybody all, all I of us yeah still have like kind of like bad crazy weird thoughts all the time you just don't identify yourself with them exactly the You're... biggest difference is that I don't identify with those thoughts and that's it you know and, and that like exercise I mean if you guys can start doing that that's gonna help so much mm -hmm. then I the think next... and and yeah I'll link I'm gonna link that podcast episode she has one where she really walks you through this model um the thoughts awesome. feelings actions circumstances because sometimes I think it's really hard for people to identify their thoughts to, you yes. know what I mean like you, you you almost think of them as reality and so, yeah. and, and like, that's just the way things are. So sometimes even thinking about your feelings, like talking about like, what emotions are you feeling? Are you feeling sad? Are you feeling anxious? Are you feeling depressed? Like starting with your feelings sometimes is easier. And then exactly. saying, what's causing me to feel this way? Oh, exactly. I'm thinking about when I was five and I had this trauma happen to me. I'm thinking about how shitty my life is right now or <laughs> how I lost my job or I'm scared about the future and finances. And, and like you, then it all starts to come out of like, what's causing these feelings and a lot exactly. of times you're not being in the present moment you're either thinking about how shitty your past was or how anxious yeah. the future is that's exactly. usually you're not present you're thinking about how bad the past was or how horrible things happened to you in, in the past or how anxious you are thinking about stress or finances or money or, or like your family or what's going to happen worst case scenarios and you're not being in the present moment and so it's so crazy like when you think about it like the anxiety and depression either usually comes from living in the past or thinking about the future and like 100%. anxious and depressed ways. Um, so you need to, yeah. you need to cut that cycle and become aware of it. So I love that exercise that your therapist had you do. And then when you started to become aware of your, of your thoughts and like, you started to challenge them and be like, is this true? Or what else can I think? Was he having you do that? Like pretty much on a daily basis? Yeah, I, yeah. Was like, okay. I was like, okay, this is my notebook for my therapy. I was like, literally, just like writing everything down all the, as much as I could. And I have to say that that exercise is still like helpful up to now. I mean, yes. don't do like all the things, you know, but it's a way, just like Brooke Castillo tells you, mm -hmm. it's a way to self-coach yourself out of your shitty like thoughts. You know what I mean? Yeah. It really so, is. I still do. I do that to this day too. Because exactly. you still have those negative thoughts or you'll still have those feelings of like sadness or whatever. And like, I think journaling helps a lot to just like oh pour it out. Like, you know, just yeah. like get it out of your mind, declutter it and like look at it and be like, okay, like this is what's going on inside. <laughs> you know, yeah. like, oh man, no wonder my life's a mess right now. You're just like, all right, like it's all right there. But like it, it helps yeah. so much processing it yeah. and getting it out. Um, and even if you don't even tell anyone, like you can at least be honest with yourself. Exactly. You know? Yeah, and I think something important that you said, you know, like it's hard to identify our thoughts. Like 
guys, this was a process, you know, like it really was it, it, like hard. So I would say the best thing you can do is exactly what you said, like use your emotions as your a thermometer, right? Or mm-hmm. your like compass, your compass, you know, like, so whenever you're feeling like any emotion that you don't want to have, you know, then like go back and trace your thoughts. Sometimes you get distracted. You know, I literally have had this, like, I'm like, you know, the mind's always creating thoughts, you know, so like I want from one thought, like I jump to the next one and the next one and I totally miss track of that but suddenly whom I feel the, the emotion right yeah and the emotion and then, hits you exactly and then I start tracing back and I'm like how did I even came came up with that right so I can just be aware and if that and that awareness and practice of awareness also you start creating better thought patterns I will say I mean I definitely still have like bad thoughts and like all the stuff, but I feel like because I have been working on this for so many years now, you know, like my brain is better than before, right? You kind like, of catch yourself almost. So do you exactly. think that that's how people get hit with like, you know how people are like, I, they just get hit with depression or like, like, you know, they, and they can't explain where it came from or like they get hit with like, like debilitating anxiety. Do you think it's unchecked thoughts? that kept on like building up or like, how do you explain that or from your experience? I mean, what I have noticed, you know, like I feel like it happens both ways, you know? So like, yes, your thoughts like create, you know, like the, the emotion or that like anxiety heat or whatever it is. But also after my own research and I'm like, the, I'm reading the stuff from Jolie Spencer, specifically, specifically that book, Breaking the Habit of Being Yourself, I learned, you know, that when you have all these patterns, like thoughts, thought emotion thought emotion for so long your body becomes addicted to the substances that that stress substances and the mm-hmm. cortisol all these things that your body secretes when it's in that state of depression anxiety whatever it is and then your body becomes biologically addicted to those emotions so sometimes you don't need necessarily like a tr- like a thought trigger sometimes you, your body you, will just do it your body will go in freak almost so that's why wow. I also think it's important to understand and I think this happens to a lot of people it's like yeah but I'm not thinking anything yeah it can happen that you suddenly have anxiety out of nowhere because your body is used to it and that's why I think the second thing is that okay don't identify with your thoughts but the one thing in anxiety specifically and not going into the into the uh negative circle of like having a panic attack the one thing that has served me is also to not freak out when my body you know like is having a certain sensation mm-hmm. and Anxi- people that have suffered from anxiety and have like um had panic attacks you know have ha- knows their body and knows when like you know they may be it's coming on it. yeah exactly you know so I think the one thing that has allowed me to never have a panic attack until like uh, since then until now is the fact that I can observe my body, you know, like, and I feel like I developed that from doing meditation. I am not mm-hmm. recurrently doing meditation right now, but I had before, like for a long time, you know, like uh, doing, uh, have been doing a lot of meditation for like some time back in the day, you know? And I could recognize how any sensation in our body, if we don't like identify with it, and if we don't make it mean like, oh, my, my panic attack is coming, oh my God, and we don't attach all those other next thoughts to it, then it just goes. It's okay. like so pause really quick. 
If yes. someone <laughs> feels like an anxiety attack is coming, like they feel it in their body because you notice it, like mm-hmm. your, your heart starts racing a little bit ha- like faster, your breath gets shallow, maybe your mm-hmm. palms get a little sweaty, maybe you feel yes. a little, okay. So when that starts happening to people and it's not necessarily triggered by thoughts, but because their body has become in this pattern mm-hmm. of yeah. getting that, what do they do? Well, what I, what has served me is to just like, no, first know, you know, that any sensation in your body is going to pass, mm-hmm. you know, how I learned that I really integrated is because I did a Vipassana meditation where I had to be 10 days, you know, just like observing my thoughts on my body and not reacting to them. So then you realize any sensation passes, mm-hmm. you know, but of course you can practice that in real life, but by observing your body and not making it mean anything you have that the little like whatever don't make it mean that your anxiety attack is coming Mm -hmm. just observe it and it will pass usually when you get the next thought you know it's like oh my anxiety attack is is coming you know and then you continue down that route that Mm -hmm. is when you end up having the full-blown panic attack and of course i'm gonna say this like i mean like i totally understand that this is like hard to do for somebody that has very difficult yeah exactly so i don't think this is the one solution i think this is one of the one of the things of all these different things that you can there's a million solutions and everyone's paths gonna look a little bit differently for sure i know um have you ever heard of mel robbins yes mel robbins the the five second rule so she talks about because she used to have debilitating anxiety and she was on um Mm -hmm. anxiety medications for 10 years like, and she would have panic attacks like all the time and it would just yeah. be debil- debilitating panic attacks. And she doesn't take any anxiety medication anymore. But one of the things that she said that she did, which I think, I think breath work also is very powerful. A lot of times yeah. when our body goes into that state, like our breath is super shallow and we're not yes. breathing. And then your body's like, oh my gosh, I'm not getting oxygen. Yes. And then it goes into more of a panic. So like <laughs> exactly. one thing, yeah. And then you, it just feeds into that. And so one thing yeah. that she, she said that she does, she goes five, four, three, two, one, like, and changes her thoughts and starts breathing in for five, hold for five, exhale for five, and then just mm-hmm. starts thinking new thoughts and just mm-hmm. starts thinking about like, you know, something that she's grateful for something that you know, like her, her family, you know, surprised her with, or like just positive thoughts while she's focusing mm-hmm. on her breath and staying present and just like being in the moment. And then it passes and the sensation passes. So I think, I mean, it's something to experiment with, you know, I yeah, feel like there's, like, there's a million things that, you know, like take, take things and don't be afraid to try them, you know, and try, yeah, try them exactly. out and see, and see how they work for you. Like what works for someone may not work for the for you but there might be little things or like you might need to tweak it a little bit right exactly. to make it work for you um but i do think like realizing the connection between the mind and the body and the thoughts and how it's like how they really work together is so powerful um 100%. so one thing that i wanted to ask about is do you think the uh external factors like environment like your, your circumstances and your situation can cause anxiety or depression or is anxiety and depression caused from our mind and our thoughts about our external environment? You know, cause some people talk about like seasonal depression or being mm-hmm. in a place where their family's torn apart and that's why they're depressed or that's mm-hmm. why they're anxious. So I wanted to ask your, your thoughts on like the external environment, because I think a lot of times people blame their external environment for why mm-hmm. they're anxious or why they're depressed. Yeah. And I wanted to ask your thoughts or perspective on that. 
Yeah, I feel like, okay, I mean, absolutely, you know, there's going to be circumstances, you know, that are really hard and really challenging in life and that are going to take you to the edge, you know what I mean? And you're going to be sad. And I feel like that's another thing, you know, like I think it's important to understand that the difference between depression and anxiety and just sadness, you know, or grief, you and know, it's okay or to like, feel those emotions. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. You know, and I feel like it's important. Some that's actually something very important to know. Also, like sometimes, you know, when you when you have feel anxiety, depression, whatever, you kind of like uh, and you become like better. That happened to me at least. I didn't want to experience any sad, like sad emotions. You know, so I was mm-hmm. like, no, 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 like no sadness. But I actually have like noticed that it's it's so important to really understand what you're feeling and not and this whole process of journaling is not to not process your emotions and like and switch them right away it's just to see if you can like find better thoughts you know so that you can do better so you don't get stuck right Mm -hmm. but I will have to say that it's important to process our our emotions you know so like don't do this like journal and just like dismiss your emotion there's always something important to like understand from our emotions and also from processing them right and then in terms of like if the outer environment you know like I mean definitely there's situations that are going to make you sad you know 100% like I remember when my dad my uh, dog passed you know it was and well got sick and passed it was like one of the most like sad moments of my life right Mm -hmm. and that's fine and I went through the grief and all that stuff you know I processed my emotions Uh, but I think the most important distinction here is that I feel like the when you're depressed in an actual state of depression you know like you just don't feel like doing anything it's it's a very different emotion feeling than sadness exactly it's different you know when you're depressed you literally just cannot do anything Mm -hmm. and I would say yes your outer circumstances can impact definitely your emotions and how you feel and all this stuff. But I definitely think that we have the power to learn tools, you know, that can allow us to face all of these like curveballs and like crazy things that happen in life, you know? And I think if there's anything, I mean, one of the amazing things of like this whole journey that I have gone through is that I feel like I am way better equipped to handle the roller coaster crazy, of crazy life. situations yeah. you know, now because of all the like tools that I have and the strategies mm-hmm. that I have and everything that I have learned you know so like I do think that you know like some outer circumstances can definitely impact you you know and I feel like we also have to have some grace and compassion with, with ourselves but at the same time let's not like let's process everything that we need to process and everything like go through your emotions they are like healthy you know they mm-hmm. it's good to like take them out it's good to release them it's good to like cry out you know yeah you sometimes to. a good cry is like really what you need to like yeah, get it exactly. physically out of your body you know yeah and like journal you know like mm-hmm. journal brain dump everything you know really process the stuff but then don't get stuck I feel like that's the main thing don't get stuck in your emotions and don't get stuck in victim mode I think that's also important you know because you always have the you always have the the chance to like turn around your thoughts and how you think about what is happening so that you can also face all of these situations better so here's the thing I mean like even when bad things happen you still have the chance to like process that information and and that like face that event in a mm. way that is more resourceful and that is gonna not generate 
unnecessary suffering. I think that's important. You know, pain, as they say, pain is unavoidable, but suffering is like something that we can, you know, like we, we can choose not to have, you know, and like suffering comes from like, going and going and going and re like and pain and suffering are completely pain. different right like exactly. you're gonna feel pain you're gonna feel grief i think that's a very important distinction because like the way that i define like the victim mode is like unnecessary suffering exactly. you know like having yeah. the victim mode mentality of something that happened to you when you were a child and you're still looking at what happened in your childhood to, to justify what how you're feeling right now in this moment and it's like Sometimes you gotta like you gotta process it. Maybe you haven't processed it, and that's why it's still coming up to you in your twenties and thirties. You know, um, yeah. but but that is unnecessary suffering, yeah, right? 100%. Whereas like something that happens to you right now that might be painful, like it's okay to be, to feel the pain and to go through the grief and go through the sadness, but it doesn't need to be prolonged for years and years to come. Right. Cause yeah. that is unnecessary suffering. I love, exactly. I love that distinction. I think that's super, super important. And I think that really is like, like what I really want people to realize is like victim mode. Isn't saying that like, Oh, a, ba a bad thing happened to me and now I can't be a victim and I can't feel the pain. No victim. When we're talking about victim mode, it's yeah. the unnecessary suffering of yeah. something that happened to you that you're continuing to bring that pain and relive that pain over and over and over again. Exactly. Yeah. And also use that as a way to not like cope with life. And like, you know what I mean? As an excuse to like, not, and look, there's like people like I know out there, like going through have that have gone through horrible things, you know, like, yeah. and I, and same what you're saying, you know, it's like, no, it's not about like not recognizing that those things are like bad. They're not good. You know, mm -hmm. like hundred percent, you know, and there are emotions we need to like process them from that and we actually need to process those emotions of that trauma a hundred percent but then once you're done with that you have the choice you have the chance also you know to like do better in in the future it's like your past doesn't have to define your future or your yes. current happiness you know what i mean i think that's yeah. very important i love that Oh my gosh. I can't believe we've been going on this for like an yeah, hour. So like it's been going on. I feel like I could go another hour. Like I'm like, there's so many questions that I feel like I still want to answer, but for the sake of the podcast, we will, yeah, no. we'll cut it here, but I wanted to ask, I'm going to get some resources from you, like, and link everything below, link your Instagram, yeah. your health, health school, all of that. And any books that have like really made an impact or any thought leaders or spiritual leaders that have really made an impact. I'd love to get that from you and link it in the show notes below. But if people mm -hmm. fell in love with you as much as I love you, like I seriously <laughs> love you. I think so highly of you. I think you're an amazing human. Where can oh people God, find so you to get more of you? <laughs> yeah. So um, I think the best two places are like Instagram, my personal Instagram account. That is like not that much personal, but anyways, I am Diana Sofia. And mm -hmm. Sophia with an F of Frank. I'm from Peru, so like my name spells like that. Yeah. And then the for all the people that knows Spanish, I don't know how many of the people that uh, knows Spanish in your audience. You know, like my business account is like health school underscore. Mm -hmm. And uh, you link it is kind of like a yeah. weird spelling, so you link it down below, and that's where I will hand out. And then also there's gonna be a website down there, my health school web website where you can okay. just contact me and just DM me. I would love to know. I don't know. Like I, I love like helping in any way, shape or form. Anybody, really anybody has any questions or anything about my experience or what I did or anything. I think just please definitely like um, 
definitely just contact me. DM me. Absolutely. I'm more than happy to like chat with you guys. Thank you so much, Diana. Thank you so much for tuning in and being a part of the High Vibe community. If you loved this episode, I would be so grateful if you could leave a review or take a screenshot and share it with a friend so more women can find this podcast. For more on me, visit tournishino.com or find me on social media just by searching my name. Until next time, friends, live your high vibe life.